0: Hey, everybody. It's Matt here. And before we get to the episode today, I just want to invite you to slay this giant of sexual sin with us. I want to invite you to consider doing an event with us. We have so many different kinds of events that we could do. There's events for men. There's events for men and women. Events for parents, for youth, for young adults. There's Sunday morning preaching. Um, Some of the events that we do are for our one-time things, and some are weekend-long conferences. And so if this is on your heart, and you'd like to address sexuality and porn in your church or in your circle, in your ministry, or whatever that might look like, Uh, I would invite you to go to restoredministries.ca slash events. You can see what's possible there with some things that we've done in the past. And we're also very flexible with working with different event organizers and and churches in what it can look like for their particular setting. And so if you have it on your heart to carry the message forward of, of freedom and wholeness and health over sexual brokenness, I would love to chat about what that might look like. Go to restoredministries.ca slash events, and at the bottom of the page, you'll see my email, and feel free to email me. We can hop on a Zoom call together and look at what doing an event together might look like for you. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Happner.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Peer Victory Podcast. We are so glad to be back with you today. And it's just us this time. I mean, we've had guests on for the last three or four podcasts. A lot of guests. A lot of guests. And we love our guests. It's great to have guests. Uh, It's nice just to have an us again. It's uh, because we get to talk more. (laughs) (laughs) We love our voices. <laughs> you will listen. No, but <laughs> yeah, we're, we're excited to do another one, just us, because it's, yeah, I don't know, we find we can have a little bit more of a conversation on things that we're thinking about currently. And there's something that we were just chatting about the other day, because we've dealt with many different guys uh, and, and girls and uh, like battling porn addiction, battling addiction in general. And we've been here too, but really in along the lines of when do we look to get help? outside help when we are battling something like porn and this is a question that might seem very self-evident the answer to it to some to others no clue and everybody in between so we want to chat about this because sometimes we have a lack of understanding or maybe some roadblocks or barriers that we are aware of or maybe not aware of that are there that are stopping us from getting help so that's the question today when should i seek outside help Never,
0: never. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that what we tell ourselves? Yeah. I never need help. That's right, I can do this all on my own. I'm strong enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we were thinking about it before recording like, how many of us don't go through that? We, I, I think every person I've ever talked to, including Brad including me, mm-hmm. we go through a time of thinking, oh, I don't need help. I never get, I, I never need to tell anybody I can do this myself. And, yeah. and it's interesting to think about why we say that because. Do we say that because our skill set is sufficient to do it on our own? Do we say that because we are competent in recovering and healing and getting free or whatever we're talking about? Do we do that because we're sufficient or do we do it because no, nobody needs to know what I've done. I don't want people to know. So I'll just do it myself. And it's not our motivation in that is never, um, it's never healthy. It's never because we are sufficient. Mm -hmm. We can lie to ourselves because and say we're sufficient, but that comes from shame. That comes from wanting to hide. So, understanding your motivation behind wanting to hide is really important. We can lie to ourselves all day long. We can we can tell ourselves like, no, I think I I, I can do this on my own. And I always think, how long have you been saying that? Mm-hmm. I just told myself that for ten years probably. I told myself that constantly. I can do it on my own. Yep. And um, yeah, and so if if you're there and you're worried about reaching out or if you're worried about what it would look like to get help, if that would even work for you, consider what you're skeptical of. Is consider, are you skeptical of of yourself and your ability to follow through? Are you skeptical of the person or the ministry or whatever, uh, whether restored or family life or any other marriage or personal ministry? What are you really skeptical of? And one of my favorite things that people say to me is, hey, I just feel skeptical right now. It's like, all right, that's okay. Like I'm pretty much always skeptical too when I'm looking at joining things. And skeptical is never a bad thing. Skeptical means I don't have all the information to make me feel secure here. And so let's find out the information that I need to find out. And and so if you're thinking like I made a joke, like never, never seek help. But if you're actually there, like you don't think you need help, let's look at that. What are your motivations and what are your skepticisms around staying hidden yourself or reaching out?
1: Yeah, and sometimes... We need to go back a little bit because for instance, your family of upbringing, the imprint that your family of origin has had on you uh, is a thing. So if you grew up in a family where you didn't talk about things, where you didn't share deep inner hurts, you didn't share about things that you're struggling with. Why? Because maybe you were met with ridicule or criticism. Maybe you were looked down upon if you struggled with anything and that's just what you grew up in then your wiring, so to speak, was modeled for you as something that you're carrying forward into your present right now. And so it can be really hard to share about anything that's going on in life, specifically uh, something like porn. I mean, even people that have an open kind of environment growing up where things were shared, this is still an area that can be really difficult because uh, it is something that shame is linked to often. So you add that to the mix too. But if this is something for you that... You just don't have the skill set or the understanding or the drive even to share because we were met with a lot of negativity growing up. This is something that we need to work through and it does take time, but often the things that were modeled for us, we don't realize are the things that we're recreating in our life. So I just think that this is something that we need to work through as well and those imprints that our family has has given us and some of it's been good but sometimes yes it has been bad and in some of us that grew up in different cultures too shame culture is something that's that's big in certain cultures where you don't admit any struggle you don't admit anything like that you only admit, you only talk about your successes you only elevate yourself you don't you know you don't want to bring up anything that can bring shame to you or your family so this is something if you're in that kind of culture that it can be very difficult too so We need to work through those things and we could do a whole podcast on how to work through some of those things. That's a bigger topic. But let's acknowledge that maybe some of our past is now impacting our present in the way that we share and whether we want to share or not. So we have to come to terms with that.
0: Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. Some families, everybody goes to counseling. I remember Mm -hmm. I remember I walked into this counseling office probably five, six years ago. And I, and I, there's this family that I know they had two young kids in elementary and then the mom and the dad, and and they lived about three hours away. And then they walk out of the counselor's office and I was like, guys, what are you doing here? And, uh, and they're like, Oh, we just come for checkups. Like we just come as a family and like every month or two months or whatever it was. And they just come for checkups. And that's the kind of family that they are. Like didn't surprise me at all because they're just very intentional with certain things and, and growth and doing things just kind of unconventionally. And so I just thought it was really cool. And so how cool that the, the kids then get an example of even their parents getting help and constantly seeking outside help. Um, whereas most families, I would say, don't have that. Most nope. families, if, if the parents or if the kids go to counseling, it's simply because there's a, some massive problem and it's not proactive, it's more reactive if it even happens. And so what's the imprint that's been given to you because the imprint biblically that should be on us is that we always need help. Mm-hmm. We always need help. We always need to reach out. And so if we've been raised in a culture that's different from a, a, what biblical instruction is, then it, it it's, a, it's kind of, I always view it as like a, like a, almost a heavy thing, like a heavy weight to lift and go, okay, this is, this is maybe going to be like a slow turn, like a ship at sea, slowly turning mm-hmm. and then changing course because, what's in us is hard. It's hard to change. Like we've, we've got these patterns and often it's more deeply rooted than we realize. And so to change our mindset around things is it, sometimes it takes some time, but to slowly do that and give yourself an opportunity to reach out for help and see the benefit of that, it slowly starts to give you more experiences that can change your, your belief system around it. And so Mm -hmm. it is a huge thing to look at how, what was the example that we had growing up? And, um, and why do we, why do we think that we can manage it on our own? It might even be because that's what was demonstrated to us. Some, some parents I know for a fact that when they go to see a a therapist or counselor of any kind, there's secrecy to it. Like they just say, oh, I just have an appointment to go to. And they don't talk about what the appointment is. Or if, you know, if, if someone's talking about what the appointment was, then, then we don't talk about the content of that some people have a negative view of counselors and just like, you know, counselors or I remember one person He's mm-hmm. like, Oh, counselors, like people become counselors because they need like the people that become counselors. They're the ones that need counsel. <laughs> right. or that's why yeah. they do it. Yeah. And, and then that person there, they don't get counsel at all and they probably need it in their life. Yeah. <laughs> the person who said that. And so, so that we got to look at like, what are all the influences around that? And then sometimes we've gotten help ourselves in the past. Sometimes we have reached out and then those are the things, those experiences have gone negatively or those people were maybe inadequate to help us in whatever certain area we're looking for help for or in. And, and sometimes that's the thing that stops us because our past experiences when we have reached out, maybe haven't gone well or it's been okay, but, ha- but didn't really produce the fruit that we were looking for. And so is there a point then you got to ask, ask yourself where then you should stop? because if you stop reaching out for help then you're not getting any mm-hmm. then you're just you're on your own and and as people say how's that working out for you mm-hmm. <laughs> and so is it the is it your past experiences that are stopping you um, from reaching out because we need to realize that people are different and you know two people can go to one counselor and one will say it's amazing and an amazing experience one will say it's not but then those two people can go to another counselor and the, the response could be the opposite and so we can get help from a certain ministry or a certain counselor or coach or pastor or friend or anything or anybody. And, and we just need to realize that even if it didn't go perfectly or wasn't exactly like the, like the experience that we were looking for, that shouldn't stop us from pursuing other places that can help us or other people that can guide us because that it often is a real thing. And we come across that a lot in the ministry where it's like, Hey, I've, I've done this or I've been involved in this program or done this ministry. And, or, or, you know, did years of counseling that didn't really go well. I, I hear that a lot and I don't think it's the fault of the counselors always. Sometimes there probably is, but, but a lot of times too, we just aren't ready and we're at a point of our lives where we're not ready to really pursue um, the deep work that's done in a counseling yeah. office or through a ministry. And so if that didn't go well, and that was two years ago, well, maybe you're at a different point now and maybe it will go well for you now. Yeah, that's right. Well, cause if you're, if you have the mindset
1: of I don't think this is going to work or, you just maybe paint uh, your experiences, one experience and all experiences from there with a broad brush that are all going to be bad. You're looking for it. You're looking for a crack in, in one of these kind of things that you're, you're reaching out for help. In. And instead of actually being open to receive, you're more instead being kind of like an auditor and like, where can I find the problem with this? How, how is this not going to work for me? And so your mindset is already self-defeating. And, and in that case, you're not really going to get the help that you need because you're not open to it. You're, you are completely closed off. You've hardened yourself to anything. And, and that's something that that I love the analogy of a slow turning ship. Um, We, we have to kind of get to the point of dealing with some of those past experiences and putting them in their proper light. And sometimes that means we need to forgive because we've been hurt sometimes. Sometimes we've opened up to somebody, maybe a pastor or a friend or whoever, and they didn't handle that situation very well. Maybe they looked at you like you were crazy, or they said something that was really hurtful. And, you know, so we we have to be able to forgive the, in those moments too. And that can, be, that can be challenging and hard, but it's something that releases us when we do that. And it's important that we deal with the pain in those moments, because otherwise that pain is just going to fester. So it's important that we deal on that level uh, as well, too, because, you know, if, if we're not able to be fully open and receive, if we are essentially uh, hurting and wounded and to the point of being closed off, we can still be hurt. You can still be feeling wounded, but open versus closed. And so when we don't forgive, we're closed. And, and so that's why we have to open ourselves up to to receive. And, and I, I think it's just something that we all have to get to that point. You know, do we want this? And. Coming back to you know our family upbringing and past experience, sometimes it can be too that we have this mentality that uh, if we reach out, if we look to get help, that somehow we're weak or we um, are incapable or we believe lies the enemy tells us, like you don't have what it takes because you got to get help, you're not strong enough because you got to get help, or you've failed because you got to get help, and. You know, these are lies that the enemy tries to keep us stuck and isolated. And really, I mean, really, we do have to surrender. I know I had to. I was, I was very prideful. I thought I could do this on my own. And I didn't want to seek outside help because for me, that was a sign of weakness. That was a, a monumental failure on my end that I'm not a, a strong Christ follower. I'm not spiritual enough. You know, I have to actually get help. So that means that somehow there's an indictment on me because I, I just don't have what it takes well, you know what? That's part of the point. We don't, we need God. <laughs> I mean, if you think you can beat this on your own, then what's our need of, of Jesus? And really he's the one, the catalyst and the author and the healer of, of all of this. So we have to be able to look to him. And if we're not, then really we're we're working against ourselves and we're, we're going to stay stuck in the same kind of cycle year after year.
0: Yeah. And some of us can look at that relationship with God. If we've had some profound experiences and think, you know, I don't think I need other people. I can just go to God. And that I've seen that in, in various people be a real, real detriment to their health because they just think, you know, I can just talk through this with God or I can just, you know, process whatever. But the reality is God sends us to other people and he sends other people to us because that's where shame is broken mm-hmm. a lot of times. And, it, and it's where humility I think is established in people where there has been pride because we go to a counselor's office and we realize, I go, yeah, I don't have all the answers. And also I, I need to be open with people. And I, re- I remember a couple of years ago going to a counselor's office and I didn't know that he knew who I was and I didn't really know him. I had heard his name, his name before, but, but I walked in and just sat on this on his couch and the first thing he says is, uh, is he says, well, this is probably weird for you being on the other side of the, the room. eh?" And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's different for sure. And, he had known about our ministry, and last week, week and a half ago, found out he that he referred someone to us, which is really cool. And so I was thinking about that because in that time with this counselor, he's counseling me on things personally. He's seen flaws in me, but yet he's still wanting to refer people to our ministry. Now think about this: we often think if we open up to people, they're going to judge us, and they're going to know like, oh, you've you've been wrong in this area, or. Or this person, you know, oh man, I heard this negative thing about them. Well, he heard some things about me, things that I was wrestling with and struggling through. And then he, yeah, he's still willing to refer people because we don't need people to see that we're perfect. If mm-hmm. people see that we're perfect, they know there's more to us and and there's a wall there. But if people, if you're willing to open up and people see your imperfections, then they see that you're just a real person. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that there's way more respect to be had when you're real and open. So it was awesome with this experience with this counselor. And I remember him saying that, but I also remember in that office thinking, you know, there's some things that we talked about that not, this isn't arrogant at all. There's some things that we talked about where I would say, I probably have more understanding on certain things than him, but there were multiple things that we talked about where I didn't know anything. And he was helping me a lot Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to go into a counselor's office and just expect or or a ministry or a group or anything and expect that everything is going to be just so radical. Because sometimes it's going to be subtle shifts Mm -hmm. that they're going to lead us in. And it's it might be one thing that a person says that when you really dwell on that over time it can change you. And so there were things that he said multiple that I still remember and and it's impacted me. And I've thought a lot about it and I put some work to it and and it's good. And so we, we want to have more of an optimistic view when we're seeking help. Because when we have negative experiences, oftentimes we look back and we're like, well, th- we didn't do this or this didn't work for me. But what did work? Because I, there probably was one thing that you could have hold, held on to. And maybe the negatives got in the way. And so you want to look at what are some things that maybe I missed out on or maybe my attitude was, was wrong in terms of saying to myself or in terms of the help that I have gotten in the past. That was negative. Maybe my attitude wasn't quite there and there were things that could help me, but I wasn't at the place of, of seeing that. And so, you know, there, there, there's a reason why there's all these lies and beliefs and things that stop us from seeking help. And that's because there is a real power in it. One of the most refreshing things that I've seen in our ministry over the last few years is the power of groups, the power that happens, the transformation when there's vulnerability and there's love and there's empathy and people journeying together. And it's been really cool for me to see just, you know, groups that I'm not involved with. And there's still people coming to Christ. There's still marriages restored. There's it's it's just amazing what happens when people finally reach out. And so I just encourage you to look at yourself and look at like, hey, what's stopping me? And what maybe could be something that is worth um, worth my time investing, worth my money investing into something where I could maybe get, you know, one benefit or two benefits from seeking help. And that could start to change my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, that's so great
1: uh, sharing that because I think if you're picking up on the theme here, what we're trying to say here is, because um, you might ask the question is, when should I seek outside help? I mean... I hope you're picking up on this. The answer is is now, and yes, we all do. It. We need it. Like really, that's really what it comes down to. It boils to. Scripture tells us that we should keep meeting with one another. And that talks, speaks to the community aspect of what we need in our own faith walk, but also the inner healing journey that we, we go on. Um, it's a community-based thing. And so when we remove ourselves from that or think that this is only for lesser people or weaker people, we set ourselves up. On a platform, so to speak, and props it up as pride. And uh, pride doesn't carry us forward very long. And and sometimes it's shame that props us up there too, uh, either pride or shame. And so we need to realize that, hey, we need help. We all need to be in community. And whatever level porn is in your life, whatever level masturbation is in your life, whatever other sexual thing is in your life, these aren't things that we can battle on our own. There are choices that we make on our own, but Really, we need to battle this together with others. And how do we get to that point of realization? Well, we got to recognize that we need help. Like this can't be something where like, well, I'll just try to hold on and white knuckle it and hope that things get better in life. And maybe at some point something will happen or I'll just outgrow it or whatever else. We've told ourselves these things. I used to tell myself these things. Well, just passage of time will heal all wounds Um, not true. And if anything, it made it worse. So we have to get to the place where we recognize we need help. And I used to have friends that uh, really battled addiction. And I'm talking drug addiction because I used to be part of my past. And I always used to hear this uh, in that world um, is they just need to hit rock bottom to to realize the help that they need. And often battling a drug addiction, rock bottom can mean the point of death (laughs) or the loss of everything. And when it comes to porn, I mean, Matt, we've, we've seen guys hit rock bottom when it comes to porn. It could be loss of a marriage, loss of, you know, the trust of your children or your loss of income because you're fired or whatever else, all these different things could come across as rock bottom. And it's painful to see people hit those moments, but do we need rock bottom to be actually realized we need help? Or is there maybe a point, maybe you're listening right now where you're not hitting rock bottom, but you don't want rock bottom. You want to just get help. You want to get past this. Well, we encourage you in that, in the sense that, hey, now is a time that we should look to get help. Not when we hit rock bottom, because that's a much, much harder point than if we are proactive because rock bottom is a reactive thing. Rock bottom is at the point of despair. (laughs) You know, you have nowhere to go, really. And yes, God meets us in those times. But I think that, you know, the Holy Spirit by his gentle direction and nudges, is actually speaking now. He's not just speaking to you in the middle of your rock bottom moment. He's speaking to you now. So what if we're proactive? What if we recognize that we need help?
0: Yeah, What what is rock bottom? That's, <laughs> For I,
1: some, it's, it's really big. Others, it might be, I don't know. But yeah, rock bottoms, yeah.
0: I mean, I, I remember, I think it was an alcoholic, but I heard him talk about it. He's like, I thought rock bottom was when I lost my family. And then I just kept drinking. <laughs> right. And then, you know, uh, gamblers, they'll hit rock bottom, they'll lose everything. And then they'll lose their house and their family. And then they'll go into debt and they'll keep gambling. Yep. And, it, and so <laughs> the question is like, when does it get bad enough that you reach out for help? Mm-hmm. Like, when is it bad enough? When, when are you going to finally realize what you've done and then it's time to get better? The reality is when you live with shame for a day over what you've done, it's time to reach out. It's mm-hmm. time to get help because it's not God's design for you to live in shame. It's not God's design for you to live with guilt. It's not God's design for you to set your eyes on things of darkness, of sin, and your whole body is filled with darkness and you carry a heavier weight. It's not God's design. So when you're at that point, I think rock bottom, like Brad, and you said at the start, like it's for a lot of people, it's death. That ultimately is what it is. Because if you're still alive, you can always get worse. You can always wreck things more. And so to me, I, I like looking at rock bottom as a mindset that, Where you're at is bad enough. And let's say that's rock bottom. And when you hit rock bottom, I like some people like when you hit the rock bottom, you find that that Jesus is the rock, like he's the foundation that you need to rebuild your life on. And so that can be the rock that you finally build on. And maybe it's just where you're at now. You don't have to wait for things to get worse to reach out for help. Yeah. What are, what are some things, Brad, that have come from the weekend getaways that you go through or maybe the marriage mentoring or whatever you have through family life? Like think, stories that you've seen or maybe one story or whatever that you've seen from couples where they have reached out. Maybe they've been in a dire state in their marriage or, you know, they've been battling maybe porn addiction or adultery or maybe their just communication is terrible. What are some things that you've seen where couples have reached out and then they've, they've reaped the rewards of it? That's a great question. Um,
1: Thanks for putting me on the spot with that. (laughs) But there's lots of story when it comes to this. Uh, I think the key thing is that we have heard so many stories over the years of marriages um, at certain points. And you might be thinking, how does this relate to me? Well, uh, the marriages that move past maybe whatever issue they're facing or not maybe move past, move through and get through together, there's often an intentionality to it and there's a proaction to it. Proaction, is that a word? Uh, It is now, I like it. We make up words on this podcast, you can track. But they're proactive. And that doesn't to say that that there aren't couples that reach out at points of desperation and in those times. But the reason I bring up the two different kinds of tracks is those that are proactive, we found, are often much more successful in their marriages. The ones that reach out when they're reactive, it isn't that God doesn't do miracles, but... When you have compiled so much pain and hurt and distance between a couple to come back from that is a lot more work, is a lot more of a grind, is a lot more difficult versus a couple that recognizes the signs and need help, but maybe, maybe they don't even, there, there isn't some drastic signs, but Hey, I need to be proactive to have a great marriage. And they make those choices. And those are the marriages that are successful is the ones that choose to work on their marriage now, not tomorrow. And, um, and that's the same thing for us as individuals. Don't wait till tomorrow. Be proactive now, because if you have your mindset right now that, well, I'm not that bad, I'm not that bad. I see what that guy's like. Uh, I've heard, you know, the horror stories of what porn has done, but I'm not there yet. I'm not anywhere close to that. So I can manage this on my own. Well, I'm going to tell you those people that hit that rock bottom might've been saying the same thing you've been saying maybe a year earlier two years earlier, whatever, they, they probably said the same thing. I'm not that bad. And so that's why it's important. If you could, your future self could beam back to your present right now and talk to you and tell you this is the time you need to do it because there's no guarantee tomorrow is you're going to be able to. That's something that's, I think we don't get the, the, the importance of our every moment. That doesn't mean to put pressure on you. Well, a little bit, but not to put a ton of pressure on you. But what what we mean by that is that we don't know what's around the corner. We don't know what'll happen tomorrow. So, in this moment, right now, what's the choice that you can make to open yourself up to surrender to God's, you know, direction in this? What's the thing you can do right now to move away from the behavior? But not only that, get healing from the behavior. What's the thing that you can? The choice that you can make right now to. Maybe shift your mindset, turn the ship, so to speak, a little bit to go a different direction, and and this is something that we want to challenge you with because I think being proactive is so much better than being reactive. And if you're in a stage where you recognize the signs, you recognize, hey, you know, I, I'm this behavior starting to get a little bit bad. Maybe you've only looked at porn once every five months or once every whatever, whatever the number. Recognize that. The, you know, the alarm bells should be going off and you're like, hey, what can I do right now to get help? Because I don't know if tomorrow is going to be better. I think that's a better mindset than, you know, it's not that bad. I can manage this. So thanks for bringing the marriage kind of angle here, but that's what we've seen. And it's the same thing in marriages as it is for us as individuals. We, you know, being reactive versus proactive, there's two often very different outcomes. Not that we can't see God work in the rock bottom moments or when we are feeling reactive. That's of course he meets us in those moments. However, I really believe strongly you have a much better chance, a
0: much better pathway moving forward. If you're proactive in life versus reactive. Totally. Totally. The last thing I want to talk about in this one is I remember a few years ago, Brad and I, before the podcast, we were we were still alive, we were s- still doing things, and mm-hmm. and we uh, existed, we existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so one thing we did was a webinar series, and we ran ads on Facebook to this webinar series. You can still get the replays of the webinars. Um, people are still buying them all the time, and they're they're like uh, nine bucks, I think, for nine bucks a Canadian. I don't mm-hmm. know
1: 10, it's barely anything 10, if you're American.
0: 10 cents, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and they're uh, um, on restoredministries.ca, the get help tab. You can find the webinars. And so we ran ads. And I always remember this one comment. And he was like, why are you guys charging for this? It should be free. And I just, I didn't, I don't know if I responded. I didn't respond to anything snarkly, but. Is that a word? Snarkly, I don't it know. is. No, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I just remember thinking, like, this guy that's doing, like, that says this. Does he work for free? I want, mm-hmm. like, we need money to do things, right? But here's the real mindset that's a, that's so important for this: is, are you worth investing in? Like, are you worth putting nine dollars to to something to hear something that if you dwell on this truth or this teaching, it can change the direction of your life? I think you're worth nine bucks. Mm-hmm. Are you worth 2,000 bucks? Are you worth 10,000 bucks? I remember this guy who did one-on-one coaching with us and he he paid, I think like 1,500 bucks over time. And and I remember him saying, he was like, man, if it was four grand or if it was 10 grand to save my marriage, I don't care. I would pay anything Mm -hmm. to save my marriage because there's a value on saving his marriage. There's a value on you being free of a sin that has been a lifelong battle that's held you back from how much stuff, how many things in your life, how, how much shame, how many days have you lived with guilt or you've beat yourself up. Or your whole self-image has been warped because of this thing. And yet you're not willing to put a few hundred bucks or maybe a couple mm-hmm. thousand bucks over time to it. I think you're worth it. And so we need to think of the of money as like like it's an investment into us. We're not paying someone. We're not paying someone for a program. We're, we're investing in in ourselves for an outcome. Mm -hmm. That's really what people are doing. And so when we started out with restored, people would always say to me like constantly, like you got to charge more, you got to charge more. And finally, when we started charging like at least a little bit more than the, like the pennies we were at the start, I remember there were people that were like, wow, now guys are taking it seriously. And people did sometimes before, Mm -hmm. but I was too uh, generous. And someone's like, no, you were building a brand or building a ministry. Like, sure. But there was the generosity was maybe too much for some people because I didn't have them put any skin in the game. And once we started doing this, all of a sudden, people like literally the transformations started happening. You can go to restoredministries.ca slash transformations and you can see some stories there of people and guys and wives um, that have gone through some stuff. But once people started investing in themselves and realizing that they're worth it, then they were committed. So if you're listening, I want you to think back in your life, what have you gotten involved with for free? And what have you gotten involved with where you've put money up? And which one did you commit more to? I know for my life, I commit more when I put money up For every time. Mm -hmm. Um, I get all of these things emailed to me, like go through this course for free. I don't know how many I've gone through. When I've put money into things, I go through it. And so that's just a reality of money. And that's why it's important to see money as not just something that you got to hoard for yourself. Or no, it's better that I spend 100 bucks on Starbucks every month. Like that's really what I want to do. Like, no, it's better that you invest in yourself because not only are you seeing money differently, but you're valuing yourself. You're not paying for a program. You're not paying for a counseling or whatever it is. You're paying for you. You're paying for an outcome because you're worth it. Yeah. And God paid the ultimate price. And he set that example. And if you really believe that God is your provider, then we don't need to be stingy. And we need to realize that we are not worth just nothing. Yeah. We're not worth saving $9 and not getting a teaching that could change our life we're worth putting the money up. Mm -hmm. And so this is, you know, even still like people will still say to me, Matt, you got to charge more. We don't charge that much compared to a lot of different businesses and ministries, but we do have people put money up because it's important for their own journey. And so if you're at a place where you're battling this alone and you're going, man, for years, I've been telling myself that I've, I, I can do it alone or I think I'll quit alone or our marriage. We don't need to let anybody in. We'll just figure this out on our own. Um, maybe it is time to drop the excuses and maybe it is time to drop the pride or the shame and to reach out to somebody and get help. You know, there's people that consistently pay 180 bucks, 200 bucks for counseling and they just pay out of pocket consistently. Why? And for like 60 minutes of counseling or coaching because it's worth it and it changes their life. And they look back over the year of getting help and, and I'm talking people that we've worked with. I'm talking people that go to counseling offices or other ministries they just look back and they're like, Whoa, this is worth it. Like this is, this really has changed me. And I know personally I can speak to that too. And so maybe it is time to reach out. Maybe it is time to look at even reworking your budget and go, is it worth, you know, paying subscriptions for Netflix or for sports things or for whatever, when it's not really feeding me, I'm just learning how to escape and how to numb out. But if I could instead rework some things in my budget or in my time, somebody talked about budgeting his time so that he could make the group work um, that we offer. And so you could budget your time differently to realize that you're worth it. Um, We would say that today is the time to seek help Mm -hmm. and to reach outside help. And so if you want that, of course, go to restoredministries.ca. You can you can book a call and you can talk to someone and even the initial calls, which are free, <laughs> they are really uplifting they are I mean, I love doing them. I don't do them anymore, but now who does the person who does do them, the, he, he loves it. And so it's just uplifting for people um, on both sides of those calls. But I know even for family life with the weekend getaways and the different things that you guys offer with workshops and churches, Brad, and like, it's just so worth it to do that for your marriage. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Speaking to kind of the barriers that can stop us from moving forward and, if money is the barrier, that's why it's great what you're sharing, because often these are things that hang us up and stop us because we create these excuses in our mind. You want to get something with the least amount of dollars, the least amount of effort, and the least amount of time that you have to invest. What in, in life does works like that at all? You want to exercise and get healthy? It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. And it's going to take some money. If you want anything in life, that's good. You got to put that time and effort and money behind it. And, and so that's really what this is about is, uh, are you worth it? And if you think that, you know, hey, I can beat something that's been in my life for 20, 30 years with uh, something that's, you know, free, little effort, little time, you're going to be sadly, sadly disappointed. And, and that's why it's important that we have a different mindset. We have to change the way we think about these things. You know, if you want freedom in this area, you want healing, you want to grow, you got to, uh, the, the, the amount of freedom that you receive and, and, and get is going to be coupled with the choices that you make on this level. You know, you have to be able to, hey, I, I'm going to have to invest some money in this. I, I need to, I need to do this and it's worth it. It's not about I'm losing, I'm actually winning because I'm investing in myself. And and we see, <laughs> we can getaways all the time with marriages, like, oh, that's too much money to do something for my marriage. And that breaks my heart. It really does. Your marriage is worth it. And to do something. And we think that, well, it has to be free. Well, and the same thing with battling porn. Well, where does that mindset come from? Does money have a hold on you to the point where you are going to be stuck in this cycle forever? I don't think it's worth it. You know, I think it's, it's the, you know, so we have to count the cost in a good way. The the cost in a good way means it is going to cost me some money to get freedom in the sense of getting into what I need to. It's going to take some time, going to take some effort, but it's worth it versus I'm not going to do any of that. But the cost in the end is who knows? <laughs> We're talking about rock bottom. We don't know what it's going to look like on that. And so this is why we got to change our mindset. So if you're at that place, I don't know, it's going to cost me this or whatever. Hey, I hear you. I hear your arguments on that for sure. Um, just Matt and I, we, we think that there's a better way than the thoughts that you're thinking right now. And that's that you you need to invest in this, whether it's the money, the time, or the effort that's going to take in. It's going to take those three things. Anything good in life is worth fighting for. And this is something worth fighting for.
0: So if you're at that point, we just encourage you to reach out. Um, I know recently, actually last week, I heard a guy talk about your weekend getaways, Brad, and, and we're trying to get them to go and he, he the guy just said to his wife like what do you think we're rich and it's like man it's not that crazy like the, the price is pretty reasonable yeah. and uh you know and, and then there's months to save and budget for mm-hmm. it and so just the mindset of like oh no that i can't do that uh, maybe you can do that let's mm-hmm. let's see how we can make that work so um anyways we hope that that helps we hope that some mindsets have been broken that have been holding you back and so if that's the case then we praise god and and just continue dwelling on that and And uh, it's really true that God's truth will set you free. And so God bless you this week and we'll chat soon. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.